go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers who have been in working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscape for you and your family. So even though we sound so peppy, after a week of 100-degree weather, <laughs> we're, I'm not that peppy. How about you, Michael? I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Um, we're very happy to be right here right now. However, um, I think it's impossible to be anywhere else, at least out of the country. So um, the theme now is enjoying what you've got and making it better. And how to take care of it. And how to take care of it. But let's, let's talk about what you could do in 100 degree weather and even, you know, 90 plus. Because I know that plants over 90 and below 30 degrees, they're just huddling in. They're just staying alive. Right. And so um, the best thing, um, not only is checking that the watering is, you know, that you, they're getting enough water, but mulch. This is where mulch comes in handy. And mulch could be anything from straw to bark to a compost to broken up leaves, something that is a barrier between the hot sun and the soil. Absolutely. And, and for those people that don't understand the whole concept of mulch, Without the mulch, what you have is bare soil and the sun beats down on it. It dries dries the, the plants out even faster. And by putting a mulch in, it's almost like putting an insulation, a blanket. So it protects the, the new plants and protects the roots. And it also helps from the soil drying out as fast as it normally does. Right. And if you're planting vegetables, so most of your vegetables are in already. And then pretty soon we'll be putting in our fall vegetables. But put hay or something around them to protect them as well, because here in Sacramento area, Northern California, uh, it doesn't cool off now until, gosh, late September at least. Yep, yep exactly. And for and I think I think it would be really important for people. A lot of people ask, "Can I still plant?" Um, you know, it's, it's, I tell people, if you can wait till fall, it would be great. But if you want to plant now, um, it's a little problematic, but there are some steps that you can do to keep the, the health of the new plants going. And I think we should kind of review that a little bit. We can, but let's also talk, you know, we'll go into that, but, um, this is not a time to transplant. Okay. Right. So, um, planting, we're all, we're very busy and we are planting. We're, we're landscape designers. This is summer. This is the time people are around and there's a lot of work. And, um, what we do for planting when we're out in the field, not only do the plants have new soil and there's a weed barrier and a top dressing, but the water is set on high for at least a month and high meaning every day for maybe 20 to 30 minutes to help the plants root in. Absolutely. And you have to think of it in this way. They're coming from a nursery where they're sitting in containers and every single day those containers are getting watered and the water drains out. So you're then going to dig those up 
take them out of the containers and put them into extremely dry soil. And you might say, well, I watered them right when I planted them. The minute you put them into the dry soil, that soil is going to absorb and just suck out all the moisture. So immediately all the moisture that might have been around that plant is going to be gone. So the bottom line is what Roberta had said is you have to water those new plants for at least a month two to three weeks every single day to keep that soil around the new plant moist. Otherwise, it's just going to keep pulling all the moisture out of the plant and the plant's going to go into wilting shock. Right. And the, in the plant, not only was it getting water every day at the nursery, but it was having a little cocktail, a cocktail right. fertilizer and things to make it look absolutely fabulous to make you buy it. So, um, so it's really important when you do plant it, you know, that your hole is um, wider than your plant and, and the depth should be around the same as the plant height, but put in really good soil. And then we spoke about in the last couple um, podcasts when we spoke to both the nursery um, manager of Amy Hardware and also of Green Acres, Greg Gayton, there's wonderful things that you could add. And one of the best is um, worm castings. Yes, and and the gentleman from Amy was talking about mycorrhiza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had I actually started using it after talking to you and going over some things earlier, uh, podcast way earlier. I have become a um, a believer, a a shall I say, a guru of Super Thrive. And what I found, and I've been telling my clients that too, is sometimes even when you're planting in heat like this, if before you put them in the ground, you take a big bucket, you add ten parts water to one part Super Thrive, you dunk the root ball into that, and then put it into the soil, and then backfill with good, you know, good nutrients. Oh, yeah. um, it helps. The Super Thrive really helps stabilize. That's- that's twice a cocktail for a plant. Super yeah. I mean, if, if you haven't seen it, by the way, um, it was Randy Aspinall from uh, Green Acres. But uh, Super Thrive is available anywhere from any Ace Hardware, any garden center, Lowe's, Home Depot. They all have it. Plus, you could buy it online. And um, we're talking like one part to ten parts. We're talking a quarter of a teaspoon per two gallons. And your watering can is normally two gallons. That's, right. that's how little it takes. So it goes a far way. And what I've been telling people is even after you get your plants started, established, occasionally they'll start looking a little sad. And so then again, get a big bucket, put the Super Thrive in there, add the water and douse it with it. And you'll see that the plants start to kind of pick up immediately. I mean, it really is an amazing, amazing material to put around your plants. It is. I actually put the little... um you know, the container I attach to the hose, I put Super Thrive in there and then fill it with water and then attach it to the hose because I have a very large garden and um, it, <laughs> it's not easy. So you, you can... You never have to go to the gym, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in 100 degrees. But um, so, you know, talking about the heat, an element um, that will cool you off is water. And we were going to talk a little bit about pools and water in your landscape and not just for us to cool off but the birds love to take a drink the bees love to take a drink so we're going to explore um the world of pools and fountains and bird baths today 
I think water in the garden is probably one of the most important things. And it's when I first started design, it was I, I developed kind of a knowledge and, and a reputation because almost every design I tried to do, I tried to do a custom or some sort of a water feature. And you're absolutely right. I mean, psychologically, just seeing an expanse of water or even a little bit of water immediately cools you off. But what it does in terms of, you know, it's like we have a pool now and I will tell you, you know, we, we try try to use it every single day but just watching the dragonflies kind of skirt across it and the birds and you know it's just amazing how much wildlife loves the addition of water well you know any bird store birder site anything like that will tell you if you have running water it's going to attract the birds but also butterflies but here um before we get into people getting into water um honeybees need water as well but if you have something like a pool, they will fly in and drown. So if you want to feed butterflies and bees, you need a shallow dish with water and put some stones in. I think we talked about that maybe in another podcast, but something that they could um, land on and then walk over and drink some water. I also have to say sometimes, I mean, and, and it's not something you actually you know, you could get a pneumatic camera and do it yourself, but occasionally you'll find a big um, natural rock or a moss rock or anything that's kind of hollowed out. So it makes like a little depression. And that's neat because you can put that into the landscape. And then when your irrigation goes, or you can even put a drip tube so that when water it's that little depression fills up with water it's very shallow it's probably half an inch to an inch of water but that's perfect for as you were saying a butterfly dragonfly and birds they can sit on the rock and they can kind of bathe in that little depression and it's really neat because um it never it you know it never molds molds or mosses up because there's not enough water in there but it does replenish every time you turn on the drip irrigation or the overhead sprinkler yeah. And, you know, if you want a really cheap fix, bring out a cookie sheet and put some marbles in it and water. <laughs> and that that will do as well. But that's that's the cheap and easy. When we talk about pools in the landscape, there's nothing cheap about it and there's nothing easy. And there is this is a time where, um, you know, so many people have lost their jobs and pools are just not on the board. But pools in this um Northern California, where it's over 100 degrees, are a big deal. And a lot of homeowners will save and do what they can to have that, um, that source, especially for the kids during the summer. So let's, let's talk a little bit, not just about the price, but the process and what you're looking at uh, to put a pool in. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, five years ago, pool prices for an average 15 by 35, 15 by 34 foot long pool without a lot of bells and whistles was about 35 to $38,000. Not anymore though. Not anymore. Now the average price of a typical pool, which would be 35 feet long by about 15 feet wide that it starts at about $60,000. Right. And I've, I've had clients that say, well, I just want a little lap pool. Doesn't matter. It's, right. it's still going to be that cost. And um, when you put a pool in, you know, let's say you're going to redo the landscape, but you want a pool. The very first thing that's going to happen is the pool. They're going to dig this massive hole. There's equipment ripping up everything in its path. And um, so that's going to be the very first thing that goes in is that hole. And then, you know, it's not just a hole, of course, there's rebar and, oh, uh, gosh, gunite and plaster and tile. 
you know, and there is electricity for the pumps and all that. And a lot of people, the first question they're going to ask, you know, and it depends, again, you know, when, when you're talking to people in terms of a swimming pool, um, if they're doing it for people with children, um, their first comment is, well, do I have to put a fence around the pool? And the answer is no, as long as you're in a fenced in yard that's completely fenced in the fence has to be at least five feet tall and wherever it opens it has to have a self-closing gate that opens out so that again someone doesn't open up um, and it's got to be self-closing so that you can lock those gates you don't need a separate fence around the pool that that five foot enclosure around the property with self-closing gates will be sufficient in terms of safety regulations and the rules well, if you have children in the house, you need to put alarms on the door. So, if, yeah, so you, if you if no one's going to get into the yard, but if you have children in the house that could walk out a door into the pool area, and someone told me that you need both now. Now you need a fence and the alarm. So we'll have to check on the regulations because the fence I did, I recently, because I've been doing that, you know, almost every design recently has been having a pool. You have to have a fence around the property and you do have to have the alarms on the doors. That's a given. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't, you know, you do not have to have a separate fence around the pool. Okay. Well, I have clients that are putting in a separate fence and it's not for the kids. It's for their dogs. <laughs> they have little dogs. Well, and then the other alternative, which people, um, again, people ask or may not know about is you can put an auto cover, which is, um, it's a, it's a cover that goes underneath the coping of the, um, that surrounds the swimming pool. It actually, you can only use it if the pool is a square or a rectangle and it, and it has a vault where they, where the cover is stored and it's, they're made in such a way that. Um, you can literally, your kids could walk on it. You can ride a tricycle on it. They even have commercials where they put an elephant on it. And that will suffice even if you didn't have a fence around your property. That is totally um, legal if, as long as you have a UL-approved um, auto cover. The problem is they're about ten dollars to $12,000 added to your exactly. cost. Exactly. One of my clients put it in for 12000 And I said to her, I said, well, your, your kid's grown up. Why, you know, wait, why are you putting this in? She said, well, there's leaves that come in. I said, well, <laughs> only in the fall. So um, it, it does, you know, it has a basin that it sits in at the end of the pool and that has to be drained properly. You know, when the rain gets in, you don't want rain sitting in there. So so that's one idea. An easier idea would be to float those bubble wrap tops on. I mean, and then there's things that look like trampolines. But anyway, um, so all this has to be considered before or as you're thinking about a pool. Right. And there are certain setbacks. You cannot put a, a pool right up against the property fence. Depending on where you live, it's usually a three foot or a five foot setback, which means from the property line in either five feet or three feet, that's, that, that's where you have to start the pool so that there's a five foot setback from the property line to the water line. Right. And also the equipment. And, um, you know, you've got to find a place for the equipment that you don't hear it when you're sleeping, you know, so you don't want it outside your bedroom window. <laughs> and you can't just put it on the property line fence because no. there's realities of that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because 
not only has it gotten very expensive, but there are a lot of rules and regulations. Not They're not insurmountable, but there are a lot of things that you have to consider when you've decided you want to put in a pool. So you can't just throw it in there wherever you want it and expect it to, um, it'll work. You And you have to get permits. And um, right now with COVID, it takes a little bit longer to get a permit. Well, yeah, this is the thing with the COVID, um, even the most of the building departments, if not all of them, everyone's working remotely. And to get a permit through for anything is taking at least three times the amount of normal time. Just like the post office, you know, you're waiting longer for your mail. Right. And, uh, so, uh, so, so with a pool, um, there's the putting in of a pool, and there's also the taking out of a pool. So I'm over my career. I am taking the eighth pool out, and that is very possible. So here's what happens. Um, people, the kids grow up, they move away, the, my clients get older, they're not using the pool, and they're just paying someone to maintain it. And um, so I have now removed, removing the eighth pool. <laughs> and so what they do is they'll drain the pool, and according to the permits, they've got to punch three big holes in the bottom, and right. then six feet of that has to be filled with a gravel type, or, I mean, literally people throw in everything but the kitchen sink, you know, all the rocks right. around, the old chairs, everything goes in there, and then the next um, four to six feet is soil. So there's that possibility as well, putting in a pool, taking out a pool. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I haven't done a lot of that, but recently, probably the beginning of the year, we had an older couple, same situation. Their kids moved out. They don't use the pool. It was a lot of maintenance. They And they wanted more usable space. So that's what they did. We filled in the pool, um, basically, and that became um, an area for them for, to, using for entertainment. And we did keep one little section of the pool that was a fountain. We actually made it a freestanding fountain. Um, but it was, it was a great solution because they weren't using the pool and there was a lot of cost and maintenance associated with it and they didn't want it. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, this is something I, I had, I've had so many experiences with pools. So I had one couple and um, when I got to the house, the husband was on the phone, the wife took me out and she said, I'm going to show you what I want, but I never get what I want. He gets what he wants. Then my client, he comes out of the house, the husband, and he said, I don't know what she told you, but I never get what I want. She gets what she wants. So we have these this two opposing views. He wanted a pool. She wanted something else. And I did, um, you know, I said, you know, I think that you both basically want the same thing, which is a new beautiful yard. What happened is when we started checking in, there was a 15-foot setback along their fence line. And guess what? Couldn't have a pool. Right. So that as well. You know, people need to understand as they're thinking about whether they want a pool, they don't want a pool. There are different kinds of pools. And what I mean by that is pool is a pool, but there are sports pools, which means the two ends of the pool are shallow and the deep end is in the middle. And that way you can actually put up like a volleyball net and you can use it to play in. Then there's the, the there's, lap there's, pool. There's a spool that's a spot pool. 
right? There's also a lap pool where you can swim laps back and forth. Um, there's also, you know, when people are, are, are they'll tell uh, Roberta, they'll tell me, I want a Caribbean edge uh, entry. And what that means is it's a flat section, big enough that you can put a chaise lounge. We usually put a sleeve for an umbrella. And that way you sit, you actually are sitting in the water on a chaise lounge, but you've got an umbrella over you. And rather than sitting on a patio, you're sitting in the pool. Right. So, so right now we can't go to the Bahamas. <laughs> so you could have it in your backyard. All you need to do is afford it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Pipe in the music, you know, and, and pools have gotten, I mean, and I'm just going to throw this out to you. There are even some of the new pools out there. Now people are using shipping containers. As yeah, I think you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other ball of wax as well. Um, but before we have, before we end this, I'll just, let's talk about one more. When I said pool, it's a spa pool. So you could buy the Michael Phelps has a line of uh, spa pools. They start at 35,000. What they are, they're like very large hot tubs, but um, there are attachments, believe it or not. You could, you could put a pole in the end and attach a bungee cord to yourself and you could keep swimming. You're not going anywhere, but you swim in warm water. And anyone that's got, um, Oh, an injury that they're healing from or some, or some kind of chronic, you know, disease that they're dealing with. That's a therapy pool. Right. And they actually you can also get them with a jet that actually pushes water at you. So you get resistance. So you're actually swimming across swimming against kind of like um, tide or right. you swim against it's a it. Yeah. It's I, their I guess you could surf as well. Yeah, I, I'm sure you can. <laughs> okay, I think what they did nix finally are diving boards because they were so dangerous. And I think slides as well, right? I don't think well, those are you don't see as many of them, but again, you I mean, I get a client certain clients want slides, and the problem is is that you have to figure out, you know, how deep of an area and um they're ugly. So it's like incorporating slides so it doesn't just look like it got dropped in the middle of the middle of the backyard. Right. I mean, you know, remember when we grew up, I mean, they're diving. Boy, I remember doing a backflip off and uh, hitting my head first and then going in the pool. And, you know, we were just kidding. There's nobody around. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing that we've made it this far. I know. I know. It is pretty amazing. I remember going to real quickly a party where all the adults were around and one of the kids accidentally fell in. And the I mean, everyone was in such shock. They were staring as the kid was going under. Thank God one of the parents kind of woke up and went and, and saved the kid from drowning. But everyone was just staring, watching this child just go down, 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 down before they reacted. And as I said, one of the parents just realized it was a relative and they jumped in there and pulled the kid out. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's why we have um, the restrictions and the safety nets of having alarms and having gates and whatnot. And if you don't, you know, if you're in a situation where you think, oh God, you know, a Rod iron fence is going to look ugly. They have what's called an invisible fence. It's usually for child safety. And they put holes in the concrete where the poles go in. And it's a webbed fence so you could see through it. But when the kids are grown, you could pull it out. And they have caps that go into the concrete as if it was never there. So that's another. Yeah. Or you can do it. I mean, again, it's expensive, but you can do glass railing so that you can see through and see the pool, but um, you never have to worry about if someone brings their little kids over, even though you don't have little kids, someone brings their small child over there, they're not running out and immediately falling into the pool. 
Right. Oh, can you imagine? I mean, I already have to squeegee down the shower. <laughs> can you imagine? Exactly. I mean, again, yeah. more work and, you know, <laughs> dust and dirt and everything. But, you know, it is a nice alternative. It's a nice alternative. You know, it, you know, it makes me crazy. Um, you know, I love looking through magazines and architectural magazines. And they have these very, very high-end outdoor furniture ads. And inevitably, I'd say 80% or more have these beautiful white cushions. Now, this is outdoor furniture. <laughs> They're not going to stay white. Exactly. You know, that, that could be a whole other topic about outdoor furniture, which is very often way more expensive than your indoor furniture. Definitely think we should do a podcast on all different kinds of furniture, what to recommend, what not, because you're absolutely right. Picking furniture for an outside, that in, that in itself is an art. And you're right. Um, pretty pictures of white furniture looks great, but I mean, how long does it stay? And, you know, for those of us, I know you have lots of cats and you put white furniture with cats that will, and you can't train them to stay off the furniture, though that what those white cushions will turn brown or black or gray in two days. Not even just white. I, you know what I do? I put old sheets over everything because they're so hairy. So right. anyone sits down on it. So that's, you know, there's leaves, there's debris, the wind blows. And so um, we'll talk about that in another podcast. But this has been wonderful. We kind of uh, wandered around from the heat to water and mulching. And, um, and we'll carry on in our next podcast. So I'm Roberta Walker. I'm Michael Glassman. And we are Digging Deep. And we're digging deep and we're all working remotely. So um, hang in there with our technical challenges if, if we are cutting out here and there. So thank you and we'll see you or you'll hear us next week. Soon. Yes. <laughs>